Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is Motley Full Money. Welcome to Motley Full Money, the podcast that 0.5% better. I'm Scott Phillips and he is Andrew Page, the founder and managing director of strawman.com. Mr. Page, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Fifth, uh, half a percent or 50 basis points. Exactly. Yes, correct. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. It is morning when we're recording. We're recording this on Thursday morning, of course. It is Friday afternoon while you're listening to this. Uh, he is Andrew Page, as I said, and strawman.com is? Uh, online private investing club. Knock me down with a feather. Uh, the Motley <laughs> Fool, you can get to it, fool.com too. Um, uh, fool.com.au in Australia, I should say. Mate, um, let's go to that very, very topic. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get straight into it. 50 basis points, half a percent, 0.5%. Uh, you asked the question, what is the right answer? Uh, you know, it depends how smart you want to sound. I guess you just say... <laughs> very is so, always the answer. I actually saw a, a, the best ex- explanation I saw on Twitter recently was from Elise Morgan uh, from the ABC. Mm. And she said, yep. well, you can't say half a percent higher yeah. because, you know, if, if uh, where were we before? We were at um, yep. 0.35. So half a percent of 0.35. So yeah. kind of, it's a mathematical <laughs> answer. So they say yep. b- basis points uh, instead, yes. basis point being uh, 0.01 of a percent. Uh, sorry, 0.1 of a percent. So, um, yeah. Everyone gets who we're talking about. It's just it's just a bit funny. It's like the only sort of area that we we use the, the term basis points and not percentages. It is, and we sound sound very smart when we do it. As you say, it's one of those jargon things. And just quietly, the finance industry very good at that. Uh, you're you're absolutely, you're of course, dead right. I you know I saw a funny in, in, uh, interaction on Twitter about that. Actually, I didn't see Alyssa's tweet, but plenty of people talking about the same thing. And mm. someone said, "Well, it's obviously fifty basis points." And someone else said, "Yeah, but I write for readers." And I think they're both right. kind of interesting, right? Because if you say rates are up half a percent, everyone knows exactly what you mean. Yep. And so mathematically, Elise is of course dead right. It is of course, yep. you know, as you say, um, you know, if, if, your, if your bill goes up half a percent, you go from $100 to $100.50. That's mm. not what the bill is going to go up by, right? That's not how it's going to work. It is going to go from $100 to whatever the, whatever the new number is um, because the interest rate is going, as you say, from 0. 0.35 to 0.85, which is 50 basis points. I like 0.5 percentage points. I kind of try and try and That's split nice. the difference yeah. there because it's not basically just basis points is like you know if you know it you know it if you don't know it you kind of seem you sound probably like you know other people sound impressed you sound a bit, you feel a bit dumb and no one really learns anything and yes you know you just as you say you're, you're showing how smart you are how you know the lingo and the language um, I, I think everyone knows what half a percent is but I try I try half you know a half a percentage point increase which talks to as you say the the, the structure of the quantum of the increase not the you know percentage of the of the amount we started with but or just or just extend the time. sentence yeah, say okay. uh, increase by half a percent to 0.85 percent right you know, that, that yeah leaves exactly. no no ambiguity the other the other thing that's kind of funny as well is that it's for the longest time um it was always done in a quarter of a percent movements or multiples yeah, of a quarter yeah, of a percent. Yeah. And the, the official rate was always some mm-hmm. some whole number multiple of that. Yeah, that's right. And so we've gotten away from that. So I think a lot of people were sort of calling for a, a funny mm-hmm. level increase so yeah. we could get back to <laughs> So this. get back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, love, we love round numbers or, you know, more, more round numbers. And, and uh, again, yeah. it's completely abstract, but it is, it is funny that, that people have firm opinions on these mm-hmm. things. It's, but what does it well, mean? What does it mean, though? This is the question here. We, we've, yeah. we, we're... It's kind of there's a lot of hand wringing. That's right. Lots of hand wringing, a lot of jumping up and down. It's just sort of like, well, I noticed the other day the Kiwis are at 2%. You know, we're at 0.85%. Yeah. Still feels pretty low to me. And and also, if you take the market estimate, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people are sort of looking at official rate with a three in front of it in the Mm -hmm. not too distant future. So it's kind of like, yeah, I should probably get, probably get, 
used to it, right? In fact, they're, they're, not only will there be almost certainly more increases, but mm. there could very well be more of a, a, a increases of this magnitude, of the 50 basis point variety. Or half a percentage point. Uh, or half a percentage that, point, yeah. <laughs> that, So here, and uh, you're right, so a couple of things. You're right about the, the averages. That being said, the last two rate rises have been 0.25 and 0.5. So as much as we're getting away from numbers ending in, fra- in, in equal quarters, the ABA still can't quite bring itself to stop increasing in, in multiples of a quarter of a percent. So we're kind of, you know, on one hand, we've, we've solved half the problem. On the other hand, they kind of can't help themselves. It could be 0.48 or 0.63 or, you know, but no, it's, it's 0.25. That's why the next 0.5. one has to be... The next one has to be a 0.4% increase. It's just get, get us back, get us back on track. Just a really, just a really mess with this. Exactly. So we'll see what yeah. they do. And look, and that's I gotta say, mate, without getting too hysteric about it, because it's very early in the podcast, and we've got a lot to talk about. But there is, you know, human nature. Uh, economics is. I, I was thinking this uh, literally only this morning. We woke up of all things. I don't know why, but economics is the study of applied psychology. It really is. And, and yeah. investing yeah. is the study of applied psychology plus a little bit of valuation maths that you could probably do in year eight. And that's kind of it, right? And so it's a nice way to think about it because for all of the fact that the RBA has moved away from something ending in 0.25, 0.5 or 0.75, they've still gone up in quarter of a percent or half a percent numbers. And those in the market who were predicting something different assumed that the RBA might want to get back to something that resembled that. So the people said, I'll be 0.4. Why was it 0.4? Was it because they thought four tenths of a percent was the right number? No, because it got us back to 0.75 which again, that feels comfortable because mm. then rounds up the way we're used to it. And you think, mm. hang on, so central bankers, the, the boffins, the people who have all of the decimal points at their disposal say, let's do it in half a percent or quarter percent jumps. And the economists who were th- predicting it were like, oh, I think, I think they're going to go to 0.75 because that's a nice... And you kind of think, you know, it, I mean, look, there's no problem. Precision a lot about, is what it what it is. Well, I was going to say we we talk a lot about a lot about that idea of being roughly right rather than precisely wrong, and I think that's kind of it. Um, does it matter that it's 0.4 or 0.5? Not really, because it's no, it's more than it was. And when it gets to two point something, it'll be two point something. Whether it's two point one six or two point two nine, it it won't really matter. The point is the quantum, the rough quantum is is what we're talking about here, and the RBA is going to get there. But I just thought it was I just thought it was interesting for from both sides, both groups. Still, despite all of that stuff, end up in that kind of raw, <laughs> rough, um, you know, kind of just comfortable fractions. By the way, it also goes back, and this is the other thing: we've been using decimal currency since 1966. For those people who don't believe we did have had something before the Australian dollar, uh, we had Australian pounds, shillings, and pence, and. We kind of, and the US but back when you're in your twenties, is that? Is yeah, that when thank that happened? you. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, we've but we've had we've had that for the years. I don't know if Australian shares were ever quoted in fractions. US shares were for a while, yeah. and we're still talking in we're still talking in fourths of a percentage point. And it's just, it's just it's just a really really funny thing. It's not it's not good or bad. It doesn't really matter. Um, but it's just funny that those those um, what's the right word? The, the things that we're used to, the kind of the the, the labeling fall back the- on. Yeah, yeah, just but just it's generations of central bankers have just grown up with the idea that back when we had, back when we didn't have decimals and we didn't have calculators, quarters were just easier. It was it was less than one, and it was small enough to be meaningful, large enough to be discussable. So let's make it quarters, and we just have never changed because we never changed because we never changed, and we don't need to. But it's just interesting that for all of the new thinking and everything else, that that applied psychology thing, it's just become tradition, and so that's what they do. And I said, neither good nor bad, just just interesting. You know what? That is such a. It's actually a pretty profound point you make. I think because it. it I got a quote you on that. To, Andrew said, "So made a profound point." <laughs> <I think. laughs> 
Well, I, I mean, there's a lot of things in our modern world mm. where they're, they're that way because they've always been that way and that's how they are. And it's just yeah. like, it, you, it, sometimes it's worth sort of applying a first principles approach to things <laughs> yeah, and you go, right. that doesn't make any sense. If we Why design this, right. Yes. Yeah. And the answer is, oh, we've always done it that way. Mm. And it's like, mm. well, and then the answer to that is, well, if you take the last 50 years as having been always, then yes, but but not before that. Like yeah. it's it's kind of it's it's really interesting yeah. how we I think it's just it's our nature that mm-hmm. we just we get we adapt and we get used yeah. to things and then yeah. we just kind of treat that as some natural consequence of the universe and it must always be so. I think that's yeah. you know, let's not get into the craziness of Elon Musk, but I think people Thank like you. him have 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 a bit of uh, cut through in a lot of things because they're the kind of, or the Steve Jobs to pick another example or, you know, pick your favorite entrepreneur. They just got to go, uh, actually, it doesn't need to be that way. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's do it differently. So a bit, a bit of a side point. Um, but I'll come back, I'll come back to interest rates. Um, a, a couple of things I want to make mention of here. Okay. Firstly, oh um, isn't it, isn't it interesting that, because I was watching <laughs> the night before the news and um, Alan Kohler was sort of there saying, We've done the survey of economy. Survey twenty-two mm-hmm. of the world's of Australia's smartest economists, and I think three of them out of twenty-two <laughs> called for a half percent increase. Now, now this isn't yeah. me just having poking yeah. fun at the economists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that they yeah. they give an answer because they're asked. It's actually poking fun at at us because yeah. we, they we keep asking, they <laughs> keep getting it wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, right, and we keep asking, and we keep asking. <laughs> I mean, he's like. When do we, when right, do we learn time? that lesson? <laughs> and it's more what's 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 the interesting thing is uh, not what figure that I mean. Okay, give us your best guess. Yeah. That that kind of thing. And I actually I actually yeah. saw some yeah. back pat, uh, back patting on Twitter. It's like, oh, congratulations to the to the guys at blah 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 who who predicted it correctly. It's like, oh, for God's sake, you know. It's like <laughs> they got lucky. And they, what's what's their when they've gotten twelve in a row correct? And then I'm going to start. I'll I'll join yeah. in the celebrations. You know. So I think I think that that kind of thing drives me a little bit crazy. The other point I wanted to make is mm. I think there's been a lot of criticism. We've been critical, I think, of the RBA of not going harder and sooner um, mm. on all of that. And so I think there's a lot of there was a lot of sort of criticism of the RBA of uh, of that in the past. So I've, I actually feel as though a big move was warranted. I actually mm. I actually mm. congratulate them on that. Yeah. Um, and and or mortgage. Uh, holders are getting very angry at me right now, but I'm, I'm going to stand by that <laughs> statement. Like you. Um, <laughs> it's your um, place. I, I, I did tweet out saying that higher interest rates are good for savers, which was you did. I noticed that. interesting responses. Um, I noticed but it's that. true, fact, right? Like we 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 it's all Andrew talk Page, about P A G E. I'm not, and like it's not even. It's not like I don't. I don't. I've got no. I know. No I just cash always, I'm happy. If you if you want if you want the grief, mate, I'm happy for you to get it. I'm just making sure I don't get it. That's all. If, I, you know, if you, if you want to stick your neck out of this one, I think go. No, I'm kidding. I well, I think the kook the kook made the point as well. He said yeah. one third of people have uh-huh. so two thirds of yep. people yep. don't have a mortgage. Correct. Correct. Right. So, but but when you, if you were to watch or read the media, it's like, oh my gosh, we're all in dire straits because yeah. we've all had to pay half percent extra on our mortgage. Like, well, actually, yeah. for two thirds of people, no, it's more nuanced than that. I yep. get it. It will flow through to rent. I, I get it. Uh, but then you can That's also right. say, well, of the third of people who have a mortgage, mm. the people who are right at the edge are, are a smaller percentage of that as well. Mm. So it's mm. kind of, again, context, nuance. We, we're not as a species big on that, um, but I think it's important. <laughs> really I think it's really important not. to sort of highlight that. Yeah. And the final thing I wanted to say is, um, <laughs> I am not. I am not. Uh, we've said this before. I, I am not envious of the central bankers. It, no. it is. Can, can you imagine? The, you've got this big lever 
you're driving this highly complex dynamic system. <laughs> like, <laughs> a system, when I, you, there, there is no economy, right? Now, let's, right. let's be yeah. clear. There is no economy. There, all yeah. there is is a bunch of human beings interacting with, with one another yeah. using these, these, these earth dollars that we sort of, you know, these little tokens that we interact <laughs> with. And, and it's like, so you have to sit on top of, in this, this big tower, <sighs> yeah, yeah. understanding how literally tens of millions of people are interacting and by the way, you only get to look through the rear vision mirror. So you don't even mm-hmm, know what mm-hmm. people are doing now. You know what they did in the last quarter or most, whatever the most reason. And then you've got one, you've got, it's not like there's this big control panel in front of you with a thousand knobs and levers and buttons. It's like, there's one <laughs> and know, you get to tweak that. It's sort mm-hmm. of like, it blows my mind that, that, that we put so much emphasis on, on, on the, uh, the ability and the power of of these <laughs> people, right. Right. like how do you yeah. do it? And it's yeah. not. And I'm yeah. not having a go at them. I, I think yeah. I think you could get the smartest economist in the world yeah. and put all the resources at their disposal, and they are going to get it wrong on a regular basis. Not because they're idiots, but because what we're asking them to do is is diabolically hard. I wish that the media put as much emphasis on fiscal policy as they did on oh, monetary policy. Can I tell you? I, but economists are the same, mate. Like the blow up on Twitter just so regularly about the RBA did or didn't do with a quarter of a point here or there or 25 basis points, as you like to say. Um, I Honestly, like that that to me, I, I'm going to, you know, like outlandish statements. I think it's I think it's very close to just, I don't know, I don't want to say dereliction of duty, but, but, it, but the journos and the economists and everybody else, we talk about it, you know why we talk about it? Because it happens. A thing happened. And so we talk about it, right? And we, and you and I do exactly the same thing. We try and put it in context and we try and keep it in context, as you're mentioning right now, which is super important, right? 12 times a year, the oh, 11 times a year, they don't meet in January, I think. Um, 11 times a year, the RBA makes a rates call. And we go, oh, okay. Once a year, the government hands down a budget. We go, okay, cool, that's done. Like, as you say. <laughs> it's the, really out of whack, isn't it? I've, I've used yeah. the analogy before. You know, the, the RBA is flying a biplane with a joystick. goes up, down, or, or flat. That's all you can do. Yeah. It's all it can do, yeah. right? Can't even turn. It goes up, down, and flat. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the government are flying a fleet of FA-18 Hornets. Well, I'm giving up my military knowledge here. Um, with heads-up displays and sophisticated computers and they call back to base and everything else, you know. Yeah. 4,000 buttons, yeah. Right, and, and, and dials and switches and levers and, and self-leveling technologies and everything else. And we go, bloody RBA, they've cooked it again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yeah. hang on. Like, yeah, you know, the, yeah. and, and the other, you know, so while, while I'm on the rant, sorry, mate, I've taken over your point. No, go. I, that's, you, you, I agree. I, I love I love an independent central bank. I think it's really, really smart, right? I think, frankly, sure. politicians don't deserve any more power than they already have. But yep. the problem is, and we've said this before too, I'm pretty sure, because politicians are, <laughs> again, I was going to make random, I'll just be, I'll be kinder. Uh, electorally focused. Let's call it that way. Is that euphemism? Because they're electorally focused, and frankly, they they think in you know twenty four hour news cycles, let alone three year bloody terms. The RBA is left to, to be the adult in the room. So not only not only does it only have one button or one lever, but it gets to do that kind of. They they look over the over the wall from Martin Place to Canberra. It's not literally a wall. It's a long way, but you know. And they go. They've done. I want. Oh Christ! All right. Well, I guess we've got to put rates up then. Or oh, I guess we've got to put rates down then. Because those knuckleheads in Canberra can't tie their own shoelace, let alone run the economy. And it's, you know, yeah. I don't want, I don't want the, the two combined again. But I have to say, if all of a sudden the treasurer of the day, be it Josh Frydenberg or Jim Chalmers, was responsible for rate and tax policy and everything else, I do mm. wonder whether they wouldn't say, 
oh, I can't put rates up. I might go and actually do this thing over here on tax or spending or something else, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. we, we, as you say, we talk about rates too far more. It's far more, but you can direct it far more. It's far more tight. Oh, it's just, you've got a lot it's, it's more It's so much more control. efficient, mate. Yeah. So much more yeah. efficient. So, oh, anyway, no. I interrupted your rant that, about my rant about your rant. No, that, you, that was exactly it was exactly the rant I, I, I was going to have. I, no, I mean, I, I would almost you've got to, I've got to tread very carefully here, but I would almost say <laughs> that like you. It, but this is this is here's kind of an irony because we are unabashedly, unashamedly a, a capitalist system. Yes, and there's huge advantages with that. Yes, it kind of blows my mind that at the heart of our capitalist system, we've got centrally planned banking apparatus. You know, kind of like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of if you think yeah. again, first yeah. principles. It's sort of like an unelected, unelected bureaucrat making these huge yeah. calls, massively influential, yeah. Yeah. and it's like, what about the free market? You know, mm. so it's 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 mm. it's it's a little bit odd. And <laughs> the other the other thing I would I guess I would I, I would prompt people to think about here is that. I would make a, a more, a, uh, what's the statement here? A, a more, a deeper statement when it comes to, mm. if you want to think about interest rates, mm-hmm. look not so much at the central banks, mm-hmm. look at the bond market because this is where it does sort of tilt back into a, a more market-oriented system, yep. which is, I would say, and I think most economists would probably agree with me, is, is that ultimately it's the bond market that sets mm-hmm. interest mm-hmm. rates. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is an interaction between willing participants of people who want to raise money and those who want to lend it out. And, yeah. and it's, it's just done in a market environment. So the RBA yeah. can do what it likes to some extent. Yeah. yeah. But if the bond market is saying, well, actually, we're not, if, if buyers in the bond market are not prepared to, 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 to buy any debt for less than 5%, well, yeah. you know, and, and let's not forget too, in Australia in particular, I'm not exactly sure how it is in, in various other economies in the world, but uh, you'll remind me of this. But I think I feel mm. as though it's like a third of the money that we have in our system is borrowed from overseas markets, overseas yep. bond markets. That's why uh, roughly, I, I think it might be a little bit larger, but it's in that sort of range, yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot, <laughs> a lot, right? So, yeah, that's a good so, so people yeah. shaking their fist at the RBA right now. What? <laughs> let's say let's let's do a let's do a thought experiment. Yeah, let's say that yeah. the um yeah. the RBA goes, no, nah, we're just going to keep it at, at uh, uh, what was it? 0.15, uh, sorry, 0.35 percent. Yeah, yeah. We're going to keep it there forever. Your mortgage is still going up. Your yeah. mortgage is still going up because NAB, Westpac, ANZ, and the rest of them. Uh, a lot of their funding comes from and the funding that they are accessing is yep. getting more expensive. Correct. So, you know, it's it's you, you you've you know, and the same on the other money. side, by the way, when the, money, when, the when the dollars when the, when the US rates fall, that their funding goes down too. And I, I think the, the 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 fiction that banks have to respond when and only when the RBA moves, I think, is is well, it's clear fiction, obviously. So, um, I yes. think your, your point is very well made. Can I go one more turtle down? Um, go for it. Uh, which is. Where so we talk about the the RBA is having this big lever. Well, actually, they've mm-hmm. got they do have another little knob, and that is where they they engage in in market. What are they called? What's the word for it? Direct market, market operation. interaction. Market operation. operation. Thank you. Open market. So what they can do. Open. Thank you. Thank you. That's the one. That's the term I'm looking for. Open market mm-hmm. operations, and this is where they will actually engage in the bond market. Mm-hmm. So the Australian mm-hmm. government might say, "Oh, we want to raise some money because mm-hmm. we're running a structural deficit, so we need some extra cash." So here's a bond. Here's an, yeah. is it like, let's call it a spade a spade, an IOU. It's an IOU. It's all it is with mm-hmm. a set of fixed interest payments or coupon payments, as they're called, attached to that. Yes. 
and and they'll usually go to the market, investment banks, even mum and dads, you know, anyone mm-hmm. who go. And this is this is how it used to be done in the old days, right? Yes. And then and then we would give in our the money to the government in the, old days. <laughs> in the in, back in the day, and <laughs> and this is how wars were funded. This is how you go right back, and this is how governments got their money through <laughs> tax right. and by and through lending, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so and so. Um, but but what the other the other the other ability that the RBA has is that if mm. there is not enough demand, or if the demand isn't as sufficient as they would like, or whatever, they can just come in and say, "Well, actually, we'll buy them for you." Yeah. And they don't they don't just go down into the vault. They just they just press a button and they go, poof, you know, in <laughs> magic up. money into existence. <laughs> now that that money disappears again when yeah. when the trade yeah. goes the other way. So it's yeah, yeah. it's not it's. There's a lot of memes out there, you know, money printer goes burr and, and yeah. all of this kind of stuff. It's oh, not as up. crazy as some as some extremists make out, yeah. but it is <laughs> nevertheless fascinating that that is also something that they can do. So I've just sort of said, well, the RBA doesn't really influence interest rates too much. It's the bond market. Mm. But then I've kind of said, yeah, but then the RBA and other central <laughs> and the Fed <laughs> in the US, which is the old, which is the central bank of central banks, you know, it's the central mm. bank of the world. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it actually gets in there and says, it, well, we'll, we'll, we'll start buying bonds. So it's kind of like, it's very circular and it's, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. And the ma- the amount of money in the system with I think it's the the US Australia's the same actually with COVID and whatever but I think something like of all of the US dollars in existence there's like thirty to thirty five percent more than there was a couple of years ago. <laughs> wow, and, and that's and that's because of these open market operations. It's fascinating, and then I'm not I'm not saying therefore you know we're all going back to the Stone Age, but I'm just it it's a fact and it's noteworthy and it's mm-hmm. interesting. Is all I'm saying. I like it. I, I, am, I, told, I am. I told you I was gonna. I was gonna skirt along some. Well, I I, 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 I'm just. I guess I'm curious to see the the next step, which is the so what. Well, I think for a is while it, there wasn't there a one, so what. Is it just a, a reminder that things are complex? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, so for a, for a long time there wasn't a so what because all of that all of that money create that was created yeah. didn't end up on Main Street. It ended mm-hmm. up on on Wall Street. Um, so, so in other words, and that, we, we saw that in market valuations. Mm. What's mm. been what's different now? I think. Well, there's there's a there's a war in Europe, so it's a very mm. big factor. Let's but let's put that aside. Um, but you had a lot of direct stimulus, and so a lot of the money that was created more recently actually went into the pockets of consumers. And what do consumers mm. do with money? They spend it. In fact, that's that's the point. That's the raison d'être of of giving yes. the money to help stimulate. It's also so, the reason for being. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll your French but, for you, sorry, my but, but again, let's go <laughs> yeah, back. Let's yeah. go back to. I find this stuff fascinating. Um, but first principles. Now, whatever central banks and bond markets and all of this financial engineers do, <laughs> there is no like the amount of stuff on planet Earth doesn't change. Mm, mm, mm. Right, the amount of people willing to provide services doesn't change. Yeah. So the amount of the amount of the the tokens that we use to interact with each other changes. Yep. And this and this is this isn't me sort of being too fringe and crazy. This mm-hmm. is what all of them. This is what it, when it first, when the G. If you want to go back, uh, and let's go back thirteen years to the GFC, mm-hmm. exactly when the RBA and mm-hmm. the central bank started doing a lot of this stuff, all the economists are saying, "Okay, we have we get it. We have to do it because if we don't, the whole system collapses." <laughs> yeah, but the price right. we will pay for this is inflation. The price we will pay yeah. is inflation, yeah. and it didn't happen. And, it, and like, and then, yeah, and then right, we, exactly. back to your earlier point, we just all get used to it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, turns yeah, out yeah, we yeah. can create a heap it's of fine. money, and nothing, <laughs> and nothing happens. And as, but like, the, the chickens have come home to. I feel as yeah. though the chickens have come home to roost to some extent, where it's kind of yeah. like, 
Okay, you can only you can only inflate that balloon so much mm. before mm. some of the air starts to sort of dribble out. And and mm. uh, uh, my so it's a it's, your your question is exactly the right one. So what? And I'm I'm not going to pretend for a second I've got an answer because I don't. But I feel as though yeah. it's. It's it's not nothing, right? It's not like oh well, it's cool. It's like well, is it? I don't know. Last time, again, a lot of parallels being drawn in the in the seventies, man. We got fifteen percent inflation on the CPI at one point there, right? And no no coincidence, the yeah. market dropped forty yeah. percent over a multi year <laughs> yeah, period. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I, I and we're seeing it play out to some extent. So again, mm. this is sounding all very conspiratorial, very sort of <laughs> doom and glo- I don't, I'm honestly yeah, hand on yeah, heart. I'm yeah, not trying yeah. to go there, but I am, I am trying to say is it, it, it's noteworthy and it feels mm-hmm. important. And yeah. I just, I've got no answers to offer. What, 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 what are your thoughts on all of that? So we were going to talk about inflation a bit. So well, let's, let's, let's roll into that because it's a perfect way to make this, make this mm-hmm. transition. Um, so the the thing about the seventies is, and this is this is where, hopefully, I think the, the great recession, as the Yanks call it, the GFC, as we call it, was less severe than it could have been. And frankly, COVID was much much better than it could have been economically, yep. because we learnt lessons from the Great Depression. Yeah. And that's where, if you're looking at the Reserve Bank today, I am broadly in favour of them raising rates to try and kill inflation off. Right? Because because mm-hmm. if we let inflation, I'm coming back to your question. If we let inflation go at eight percent for three years. Don't think that's compounded, not simple interest, right? So if you compound 8% for three years, what's that, 27 28%, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So everything, the, the average household grocery bill, the average household power price, now, not everything's going to be exactly that, that amount, but you know, across the board, everything goes up 30%. Now, if as a wage earner, you're not getting a wage rise, you're going to find 30% savings. Now, maybe you've got some savings, maybe you can stop investing for a bit. The rest has got to come from, I'm going to spend less money on a thing. I'm going to buy fewer mm-hmm. things, right? And that's, that's a massive and material reduction Massive and material, by definition, is the same thing. Uh, it can't be material if it's not massive, or vice versa. Um, it, we will buy less stuff, and so rates going up. Even though it's you know yes, <laughs> we're solving higher prices by putting prices up. In this case, on mortgages, and as you say, for only a third of the population, but still mm. real and and economically impactful. Um, the, the the point I want to make is the lesson from the seventies. And by the way, the other thing about the seventies for those who weren't around, you and I were, but only just. Uh, is oh, the seventies did produce the greatest generation of all time. <laughs> it did, clearly, make that, clearly. Make that comment. Yeah. For all you millennials and boomers out there, the Generation X does actually exist. If you could stop fighting amongst yourself and recognise we are here and we matter, that would be nice too. By the way, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's um, so so. The, what we know. So back to history, right? We had a supply. So actually, let me go back to inflation for a second. The argument for some is. Don't put rates up because it's supply push inflation. It is oil prices going through the roof. It is wheat shortage from Russia. Wheat shortage is Russia. Supply chain dramas because of COVID. These things aren't being created by people going nuts with their spending. Which so when it's we talk not about a demand induced problem, and, and, and I, 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 I'm not going to interrupt you for long, but just no, go for it. it's not it's not only that supply side thing, but there's supply side things that you would call inelastic if you're an economist. If you're a yes. normal person, you'd say, well, they're things you just can't live without. So <laughs> right, it's like, right, you know, right. I can I can pull back on my flat screen yep. TV consumption. I yes. can't easily pull back on my fuel or my bread consumption. Those yep. other things are a bit different. I can't drive halfway to Sorry. work. It's not going to work. <laughs> right. You've got to go all the way yes. to work, right? So, um, yeah, I'm yes, not going to absolutely. cut back on food too much. Yeah. Right. Well, some people will have to, right? You'll, you'll, down, you'll downgrade and, you know, maybe mince rather than, rather than rump steak or scotch fillet or whatever. But yeah, that's, you know, but, but overall, sure. you're right. It's, it's reasonably inelastic. So some people will say, and with very reasonable perspectives, 
hey, we're putting up rates, we're making things harder for people, and it's not going to have the impact you want because we can't reduce consumption of those inelastic goods. So we're just making it harder for people with no real promise of, of a solution. And I absolutely 100% get that. I think they have a very real perspective. History would tell us, and back to your point about the 70s, at the end of the 70s, they had to kill inflation with a stick by jacking, jacking rates up a long way, causing meaningful financial pain. I want to say they had to. There may have been other options, but they, this is the one they chose. So it worked, mm. or we, we know it worked. Um, it's, a, it's a very real, very problematic, but very real um, solution in the past at least Paul Volcker head of the US Fed back in the very late 70s early 80s jack rates up to kill inflation dead because he had to and that was supply push inflation it was largely an oil shock there were a series of oil shocks OPEC uh, God love them formed a cartel for oil and said hey guess what the price of oil is going up you suckers can pay that if you don't like it I don't care and we all did inflation went through the roof and it's not the same cause this time but same commodity as it turns out to your point about Echoes Ram uh, 50 years later or 45 years later mm. Um, mm. so that's where we find ourselves and and yes we won't be slowing down excess demand with it with interest rates like we would in most other uh, times when this is a problem but if there is an echo of the 70s to my mind it is the fact it's oil induced it's probably going to be high and persistent and we know they killed it last time by jacking up rates now maybe it could have been other options and those people who are saying they shouldn't do it this time would probably say they could have done something different last time and maybe they could but we know from history this sort of thing works and if we do it well and properly it should be it should be achievable <laughs> even with some economic pain and again i'm not saying that because it doesn't matter i say that because the alternative is 30 35 40 45% higher prices higher household bills we say prices as you say mate there's no economy there's no price either there's only the total number of bills we have to pay and the total value of those if those yeah. bills go up by 30 35 40% over 4 or 5 years man like you know it's yes adding adding interest rate pain to that is not going to make life feel any better but if we can restrict that to 15 17 20 percent rather than 40 percent if everything is 20 percent less expensive because of this it's a price worth paying particularly in the short to medium term to make sure we don't have this runaway inflation problem and that's what they're worried about so i have a lot of sympathy for people who say it's not going to change demand it's absolutely not but it will change aggregate demand. So yes, you can't use less oil necessarily, although some people catch the train. Some won't go on a driving holiday, some will do different things, and that's that's completely appropriate. Um, unfortunately, as with all these things, it hits people on low incomes and fixed incomes harder, and that sucks um, because people who are saving a lot of money or who are already rich, you know, maybe their assets fall in value a little bit, but they don't care unless they're selling. Uh, it hurts people who have got to pay the bills and get to work, and you know they normally live in outlying suburbs, so they've got more petrol to spend and all that kind of stuff. So it's all absolutely true. Um, but I just wanted to make the point that for all of that, hey, it's supply and it absolutely is. Um, we know that in the past, a, a version of one solution is rates up, kills inflation. It worked. I will say, unfortunately, it also caused a recession. And that's the, yeah. that's the bit yeah. that I think... Um, you're talking about central banks when you started, mate. They have got... You know, for the last 10 years, we said, oh, the central banks are not doing their money. They're not doing anything. They, they meet, they say, let's not change anything, and they go home again. Um, of course, that's not all they did. It's a, it's a, a silly a silly thing to say. But, um, you know, there was, some, there was some laugh about that stuff. This time around, they've, they've got to choose between two stupidly difficult and annoying and painful options. There is no, yeah. there is no joy in Martin Place right now. They're not saying, oh, thank God, we wanted to put rates up, or we're glad we can put rates up, or we'll put rates up, it won't hurt anybody. They're literally mm-hmm. saying, this will suck. For individuals and for the economy as a whole, or for society as a whole, this will suck, but we don't have a good option. There are two bad choices, and we'll try and choose the least worst one. It's a, it's a tough place to be. 
That's oh, it's, it. It is diabolically hard. It is diabolically hard. No easy. No easy answers. <sighs> and like again, some, I just I do I do feel for the, 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 the less financially secure because it is it is always at that end that that cops it. You know. Yeah. It's. So the other thing, mate, and this is this goes to the the why the RBA is doing something and why they're feeling the need to act so significantly. Uh, Glenn McFarlane, previous RBA governor, um, said this week he expects interest rates. Ian, uh, sorry, Ian McFarlane. Ian McFarlane. I say Glenn McFarlane. No, sorry, thank mm-hmm. you, Glenn Stevens. Ian McFarlane, not one person, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Ian McFarlane, thank you, mate. Um, said that rate. He expects inflation to go eight percent this year. Actually, actually, I, I saw oh, the no. headline, and and you know, lo and behold, the headline was a more sensationalistic than the. Actual thing. <laughs> if you dig not. into what he said, he said, "I think they'll go high. It could go five, six, seven, eight. And, you know, he said. Yeah. So the, yeah. the phrasing was he wasn't saying yeah, it right, will go okay. to eight, but he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, "It's going to go higher, and it could go yeah. up to that." He sort of bit of bit of hand yeah. waviness. So yeah, okay. just again, again, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. The, the the headline exaggerates the, <laughs> the subtlety sure of what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so yes, he the, did. He did. Well, so and here's what I was going to say. So here's why it's here's why it's probable. We said this before, but inflation for the first quarter of this calendar year was two point one percent. If that simply persists for the year, four quarters at two percent is eight percent annual inflation, and mm. like the math is literally that simple in this case. Um, mm. Now, it might might fall. The dollar um, uh, dollar might change. The oil price might change. A lot of things could could impact the inflation rate. Right. So it's worth thinking about, you know, I'm not, I'm not locking it in, but it's not, it's, it doesn't even require heroic assumptions was going to be my point. It's not even like I've, I've looked at my crystal ball and I think this is, you know, we're going to have these things going to change. So therefore it must be the case that inflation will get to five, six, seven, eight. It's literally just mm. a case of, hey, all that has to happen is the current trend continues. Mm. And I think that's, that's, as sim- that's honestly as simple as it is. Um, so I just wanted to, to, to throw that out there because I think it's, it's very tempting to kind of think, I oh, couldn't possibly. And or you know eight percent? No, it's not going to happen here. It literally annualized from last quarter is already there. Now you don't annualize; yeah. it doesn't work that way. But it doesn't take much. It doesn't take anything for inflation to get to that point. That's why the RBA feels so desperately need that they need to do something because they've looked at the first quarter mm-hmm. number and gone, "Oh bugger, this you know this could get a lot worse and be more persistent." The other thing McFarland said before it before it goes away, and that that's important as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the other the other sort of. Uh, unintended consequence of this is that when so inflation and interest rates very much sort of tied at the hip mm-hmm. but what do you do in a system where inflation is whatever whatever the numbers are yeah, yeah. if interest rates are lower than inflation yeah it, it basically says if it's dumb to hold cash right like the only reason you hold yep, cash yep, 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 is because yep. I need it in the near, near term Yes. And if I if I can if I don't need to spend it in the next year or so, I need mm-hmm. to find another home for it. Yeah. And the very act of finding a home for it will, by definition, increase sort of the demand for that whatever product. Call it a property, call it shares, yeah, whatever. And that's that's going to sort of distort prices as well, which is a mm-hmm. bit of a shame, I think, because you know there there is there is a genuine um, and very rational. Mm need to mm-hmm. to have a have something that you you can save in but when savers have been forced to become investors that's that's yeah, yeah. that's a real sort of shame of where we find ourselves i think in the modern system is that mm-hmm. there's plenty mm-hmm. of people out there who are looking at etfs and looking at and, and like, yeah, you right. and i are the first 
first to sort of say, hey, investing is really important. You need to you invest. Yep, 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 exactly. But, but at the same time, you know, you would, you would sort of say a, a modern economy is all about specialization. And if you happen to be a great dentist or a great chippy or whatever you are, it's sort of like you're also now required to be also a great investment analyst because, mm-hmm. because you know, damned if you're going to leave money in cash, for anything except the short term, because you're going back, whatever the interest rate is, you know, if inflation's higher than it, you're going backwards by definition in spending power and- and that's, uh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's what we are. We as a, are as a society forcing ourselves further up the risk curve, and that's great for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of other people, it's it's not great. And it's kind of like it's not it's not a, it's it's going to get to the point where it's like it's no longer really a choice that hey, I really want to start thinking about the longer term and yeah. making some certain still investments. Like I have to do it because otherwise I'm going backwards. Mm-hmm. And 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 and. and yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know what my point is other than it's just sort of, it feels as though that is not a good thing. Can you, I'm, I'm trying to think this through desperately as you're chatting, mate. I'm, I think the, well, so I guess it's a couple of, there's a couple of points. I think you're absolutely right in terms of inflation. That being said, they've been trying to push up the risk curve forever because that was one of lowering rates in the first place. Yeah. Um, so it's not a new problem. The, the, the inflation rate spiking is a new problem and rate, the interest rate trying to catch up with it. But even when the interest rate was at 0.1%, it was also the case, right? It, it, I, don't, mm. I don't remember. I'm trying to think about, and I'm, I'm trying to actually wonder, I'm trying to go back in my head to a time when savings rates were sustainably higher than inflation. I'm not entirely sure at, at, a, at a, not, not a, not an official cash rate basis because none of us get paid that or have to pay that. We all pay a margin mm. or, or version of that. Um, we get it sure. in, in the bank. But I'm trying to work out whether... There was ever a time, other than other than the spiky, unusual ups or downs, but through you know, ninety percent of the ninety percent of the data is not at those extremes. I'm trying to remember whether there was a, a time when it was different. Um, whether the uh, I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to think through. I should just pull up some numbers now. The the real cash rate was positive until 2008 or so, and then again between nine and about fifteen, and there's been just slightly negative ever since. Mm. Um, so maybe maybe that's maybe that's your point. Maybe that's so not you know, for a while. Yeah, not for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, it's a it's a really I, to your point. It's a really tricky one. Um, I actually had this conversation on Twitter with somebody during the week, just talking about you know what what savers should be, how how an economy should be structured, how much savers should get for for government guaranteed cash in the bank, and and what mm. rights we think they should have. Because I I said you know, I, I really haven't got a thought, but my thought was just like. I'm not sure whether a society and economy. I think economies have and so have lots of obligations for their for their citizens, right? Mm. I'm not sure whether there's whether we can, should, whether we want to, whether it's appropriate to have a an expectation on savings in the bank beating inflation. Like a, we don't want to go backwards, but I'm also not entirely sure whether whether economically. I, again, I, just, I, I, it's, I I usually have a view on most things, but I'm trying to think through. I think okay, well. Why is yeah. it that we should say if you put money in the bank, you will get money that beats inflation? Like, why is that? Why would that be? I, I'll give you a reason. Could do or should do? Would we? Do we want to do it? I don't know. I think we do. I think we do. Okay. Um, so within society, there'll be people who have excess savings, yep. and there'll be other people who need access to capital because they've got a great business idea. Yes. They want to create more value in the world. Yes. They want to pr- pr- provide a service to other people. They want to invest in capital goods that'll make them more efficient at doing that. They, they're they're mm-hmm. at the end of the end of the day. You know, we need to either be making more stuff, providing more service, incre- increasing our general 
um, wealth as a society. So it's kind of like what the idea would be is just like, well, I will lend money to someone and I will do that under the expectation that they will take that money, they will build a business, they'll do something, and then more money will come back. And and, and, And that needs to be greater than inflation. Otherwise, what the hell? Why am I taking the risk for if it's not? Now, back back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. that's that was one of the core functions of a bank. And so I was just yeah. like, I just want to save it, right? And so, in, in fact, you know, put put my gold shillings shekels with you. Uh, you'll you'll you will take that. In fact, I'll actually pay you to look after it. You're a custodial service for me, yeah. and I I yeah. just don't I don't want to walk around with my with my gold because that's really really dangerous. And the bank would say, Yep, cool, we'll we'll look after it for you. And other people go to the bank saying, Hey, we need it. And so then the bank would make this this calculus. This is one of their core skills. Would be, we would sort of say, Okay. You, we we appraise you as a as a sensible person with a good plan. We will give that to you, and uh, you will give us more back because you're mm-hmm. creating actual more value in the real world. And then we will we will take a cut, and then we will mm-hmm. pay back mm-hmm. the, the depositor that that mm-hmm. did that. Mm-hmm. Now you've got maturity matching, and it gets a little bit more complicated than than that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's fractional reserve banking. <laughs> These rabbit holes are very deep. But but if at a point that that doesn't summate to something where I'm I'm getting a positive real return. Mm. What the heck am I doing? I'm not going to lend it out at all. I'd, I'd, I'd rather just I'd rather just cop the the regular deflation, uh, inflation. Sorry, or deflation of my my spending power, mm. and not take any risk. Rather than this is the thing with with that kind of environment. I have the exact opposite. What any sane investor wants. Mm. I've got limited upside because I'm just getting a, a notional interest rate from the bank, mm. but potentially. I could lose the lot if, if the money that they've lent out is, is going to go to zero. That's, that's, that is backwards thinking. So I, I think structurally, fundamentally, you need to have that to encourage people who do have money to lend to the people who don't have money. But what's your alternative though, Matt? Like I think I, I, I hear all that, except I'm also now thinking, well, hang on, the first 250 grand is government guaranteed. So there's zero risk unless the government goes broke. So there's that. So I'm, I'm literally putting money risk-free, to your point, into a custodial service mm. to access as I, as I want. Um, I don't, I'm not arguing. I'm not. I'm not arguing against it. I'm not. I'm not saying it. It, it shouldn't. Um, that the people shouldn't get a decent return. I'm just. I'm just thinking about. You know, would we? Would we try and change, uh, manipulate an economy, a banking system, or whatever, to have interest that is always or mostly or normally or whatever ahead of inflation? I mean, to to actually do that would would require certain things to happen, right? I, I don't. I'm just not sure. How that no, plays you, you, out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But this, here's, I think the, the trouble all of us make, and it's just the world that we've lived in mm. recently, is is that we assume that someone should be making these sort of decisions and guiding it. I, I would actually say- Well, that's what say I'm saying. But I'm, you, you, you're arguing the free that market, should- but You're saying it should happen. I guess I'm saying it should suggest that there was someone who would who would act for that purpose rather than, you know, like that. that's- Otherwise, the, the, the point is moot, right? Like why, why, why is there a should at all? It's like it is what it is. Who cares? Oh, uh, you know well, I, mean? I, I think I think I think just people acting in their own rational self-interest mm. at, at a at a granular level will will sort of see that emerge see an emergent property of the system, <laughs> in, right. in the, if that if that was to happen. So I mean, yeah. let's just say you and I and and a hundred people live on an island and we've got our little economy and I've got yeah. so many yeah. seashells and you want some yeah, seashells yeah. because you want to open up a coconut stand. I mean, I'm just, I'm just not going to give it to you if I think you're totally useless yeah. and that there's already four hundred other coconut stands are in the islands. Like it seems like a really dumb investment. I'm not going to mm-hmm. give it to mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. not because mm-hmm. I'm making any grand macroeconomic forecasts or anything. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. If on the other hand you're saying actually I've got this great, I'm an awesome fisher. 
and I catch lots of fish and no one else is catching fish. And every time I catch and it's like, I will give you a lot of my seashells yeah. happily. <laughs> yeah. I will happily yeah. do that. And then right. you'll say, thank you, because now I can build more rods and I can hire more people and I can get, and they, it, it's kind of, mm-hmm. there is, there is, um, there is a, a lot to be, I think a lot of the time we need to get out of the way, <laughs> frankly, and just let people make rational, interested decisions and make sure that there are rewards for the good decisions and, and p- penalties, frankly, for the wrong decisions. Mm. And it'll be, a, it'll be a mess. And I'm not, I'm not going to, I promise you, I'm not going towards a big libertarian. I think there's a very, very important role for government and all the rest of it and, and mm. public spending. Mm. But for a lot of things within our society, where we are talking about sort of discretionary kind of stuff, I, I think it's actually a really wonderful system, and I think I think that's been distorted to a point now, where it's kind of like we're all going further and further and further up the risk. We're all it's a lot of financial engineering where nothing's actually being produced by any of this as a, as a, as a society. We're not making necessarily more more real value in all of that, and we're all getting lower and lower returns, and we're all just pumping more and more stuff into this. It, it feels. I, I don't know what it, it feels. A, mm. Something's got to give at some point. And I, I don't, I think, I think I don't right. know what that is. That's right. I, I, yeah. I guess I'm making the point that if, if the market's going to sort that out, then it's not, you know, the issue is not really a, you know, is it, it, it something needs to be, is it something needs to be done with or is it just a, a prediction of what might change or how things will change in future? Because to your point, yeah. if there's not worth yeah. putting money in the bank, people won't. If they decide it's not worth doing, then it's not about the saver or the or the spender. It's simply about the, the workings of the market, right? I guess I'm just I'm just trying to think through. Uh, you you highlight the right problem or risk. I'm not sure there's a so what for policymakers or the economy in that context. That's all. Yeah, yeah. This this is what's so so fascinating, and we, for something we were going to start spending 15 minutes to talk on, we're now 45 <laughs> minutes in. But it, it gets really deep. I mean, it's a very yeah, big, yeah. and I don't, I don't. Anyone who's got a definite answer is is probably wrong yeah, because right. I, I don't think there is a definite exactly. answer to, exactly. to it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there needs to be more of a discussion. These are these are big system wide structural kind of questions, and yeah. and they're really important. And and again, to your very very earlier point about how sort of mm. we just accept things the way that they are, I'll make the point again. I mean, our our, our current financial system is fifty years old. It's really mm. young in terms of the full sort of. Um, uh, fiat. See, the, the idea of a central bank, you only have to go back to the 20s, but in that mm-hmm. 1920s. Yeah, 100 right? years it's, old, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a really new phenomenon. It's like four generations. Yeah. It, yeah, and yeah. so I'm not saying, oh, therefore it's bad, but, but it, is, it is something sometimes, often, work thinking about things through first principles and saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, we, we, it's just a very recent experiment. What, what, mm. what could go wrong? How do we fix it? What do we want the, what do we... You, you kind of need to approach it like an engineer, not like a politician. And I don't know what the answer is. You know what you think? You think you, you think I'm going to go in a certain direction? <laughs> I'm not, in purpose. But but yeah, it's it's uh, it's endlessly fascinating. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Let's talk about banks for a minute. Because <laughs> how is that know, a different? Topic? I know. I know. <laughs> Well, it's the so what, right? You and I were chatting before the, the show. And the challenge that we're going to have... Well, so <laughs> as we go through this and look back on this, there will be consequences for actions taken and not taken from the GFC through to 2024. Mm-hmm. And when we look back on that in 2026 and say, man, look at what just happened there. It'll be some version of, oh, how do we get out of that? 
through to, oh my God, that was a terrible recession and probably somewhere in between. And we'll look back and go, right. And I think the challenge I've got, we're going to talk about energy, we're not going to have time, but when it comes to the current shortage of energy and that kind of stuff, without getting political or, or even necessarily in a policy, we could have made different decisions in terms of the framework for the energy system five, 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Um, uh, storage of oil and gas is, is a starting point, right? Or the redundancy of the system. And we won't go into necessarily what what we should do in that case. But, you know, there was a time to say, hey, what if in 2022 we had some coal offline, a cold snap, gas got expensive? You know, what, how, how would we choose to design a system that was resilient? And I think it's reasonable to say, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this, feel free to comment on it, but, you know, I think it's fair to say we, 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 we stuffed it. Like, we, you know, politicians across the board, bureaucrats, whatever, we got to a point, we had a crisis, like, ah, oh, we really should have planned better for this. So now I think yeah. about the economy and I think yeah. about 2026 and we go, all right, we're already in this situation. So we've, we've missed the opportunity to set up before 2022. But between now and whenever we look back, we have the opportunity to make some changes to some things. And we don't know what those things will be. We all have speculations and assumptions and they're probably wrong because no one predicted COVID. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen next. Uh, the war in Ukraine was one of those X factors that, yeah. you know, maybe you could have predicted for 50 years and eventually been right, but it was pretty useless for the first 49 years of that prediction. Um, the banks are in a really funny position. I don't mean funny, funny. I mean funny, strange. And we're talking this off air, but the, the idea that we might, in hindsight, look back and say, hey... Too much money was lent to people uh, with too little uh, planning or risk mitigation or whatever we want to call that. Now, maybe we don't buy it. That's the other problem is we can only look and think what we might see. Some of that stuff, by definition, you know, black swans are black swans because they're black swans, not because you predict them. That's part of the problem. But mm-hmm. um, banks are in a funny situation, mate. As entities, they are responsible for the vast bulk of Australian residential and business lending. As as entities, they are responsible for many formats of wealth creation and, and the custodial custodianship, as we just talked about before, I'm liking mm-hmm. that word, I'm going to use mm-hmm. a lot, uh, of, of our savings. They are so fundamental and they are truly, in systemic terms, too big to fail in the sense that we can't let a bank failure resonate through the economy or it would you know, it, it cause untold and long-lasting damage. Whether the organisation should be allowed to fail is a different question, but as... as, in, as, as um, as connectors of fund flows, if I can try and describe it somehow, um, that connection can't be allowed to break or it would literally throw the whole thing into massive chaos. What is the, what is we, what is the role of the banks? What is the responsibility of the banks versus the regulators versus other players, including the RBA and the market politicians? I, I, I think it's, I mean, we can't answer it because we don't know what's going to happen. But if you look forward, mate, and say, we are where we are, now what? What's, what's on your mind in terms of how we might do things differently to maybe minimise some of the systemic risks and, and take out some of the excesses of the system? Yeah, um, I've just sort of railed a little bit about how we need more freedom in certain markets, but now I'm going to rail against... <laughs> I'm going to say... <laughs> it's important to be able to talk about both sides of our mouths. I, I, I just think you, you, can't have, you can't have such... when If you're making T-shirts or kitchen appliances, you mm. know that's one thing. When your business is fundamentally uh, critical to the mm. operating of our society, mm. that it's a huge responsibility, right? Yeah. So I'm all, I'm all for the profit motive. I'm all for them, yep. banks making money. They need to. We need to give the, the proper incentives at play. But I think it, when with, with such power comes great responsibility, to quote mm. Spider-Man. Mm. 
uh, or um, that's important. Uncle JP uh, Morgan, whatever. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. JP Morgan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and I, I, w- I would have very very stringent regulations on what what they're able to do. Yeah, you know they they are they are they are very profitable entities. And yep. I think that they, they will kick and scream, oh, you can't do that because we won't make it. I'm like, well, I'll call that bluff any day. Any yeah. day I will call that bluff. Yeah, right. Um, uh, and and it's just, it's just, it just has to be that way. So what do you do there? You probably lift the capital adequacy ratios, so the amount of money that they need to keep in reserve. So there's, there's bigger buffers, probably tighter lending conditions, all yeah. kinds of things that they're not going to be happy about. But but. <laughs> But you kind of need to because yeah. there's there's this thing called moral hazard. If, if we were we weren't so stupid as a species, we may have learned that lesson in 2008. Yeah. Because where is if, – if I'm a CEO of a major bank and I'm looking at my lending book and I'm thinking, oh, geez, it looks a bit shaky, <laughs> I'm still going to keep dancing yeah. as long as the music's playing. As long as the punch bowl's out, I'm drinking from it because if I don't – because even if even though things could look precarious, they could still go on for another five, ten years, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if I'm the person, if, it's a game theoretical dilemma. If, if I'm the person who goes, no, this is crazy, I'm, I'm pulling back, all mm. I do is, is lose market share, lose profitability, mm. my shareholders mm. get very angry and I get kicked out and I get replaced by some person who's going to do it anyway. So, so I do it, right? I do it because I have to do it. And here's the, here's the thing. Let's say I do it and it does go all pear-shaped the next day. I don't care. I mean, you know, I might care on a certain level, but I'm, I'm still yeah. getting my pay. What? Yeah. I'm probably, and this is the other thing from the GFC, I'm probably still getting my bonus or at least a big chunk of it. So, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like worst. Okay, upside is we all continue to party like it's 1999 and we all make squillions and it's great. Uh, worst case scenario is, and this is the worst, worst, worst case scenario is mm-hmm. I lose my job. And I only make $48 million this year instead of 62. <laughs> like that, that is an asymmetry that, that yeah. is, you know, it, it's yeah. kind of, yeah. um, uh, so, so I, I just, I, I kind of think you, you can't have mm-hmm. it both ways. You can't yeah. have capitalism for the upside and socialism for the downside. It's just not, yeah. it's, it's, it's either brutal capitalism, in which case we say, well, too bad. You're, you're not too big to fail. We're going to let you mm-hmm. fail. And then as you pointed out pre, pre-recording, it's like that actually has a whole bunch of, really bad consequences for, for people who have n- no fault of their own. So it's like, okay, well, then you go full, full the other way. And it's like when you yeah. come to these massive government-regulated industry, and that's got all kinds of problems. So it's sort of the answer, as is so often the case, lies somewhere in between, which I would mm-hmm. say continue to let them do what they do, but with much, 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 much tighter regulations. And if they don't like it, we'll let in another bank who will, who will be more than happy to, to do it because there's still economic rents to be <laughs> extracted. <laughs> Well, I mean, the economic rents thing is right. It comes down to the rate of return needed, required, justified by the investment. And someone will pay a price for access to that money. Um, Yep. I'm I'm reminded of Warren Buffett's line about tax, something along the lines, trying to get it right. Um, He says something like, uh, words to the effect of, maybe you'll find someone who won't proceed with a great investment idea because of the tax he'll have to pay if it succeeds. (laughs) If that's the case, send him my way. Let me unburden him. Yeah, uh, which I yeah. love as a line, right? And and so the guy, the line basically there was, hey, if you if you're gonna you know, avoid making hundred dollars because you have to pay fifty dollars in tax, then I'll take the extra fifty dollars profit. Thanks very much. And then going to your point of on banks, course. right? And your point on banks is like, well, if you can't make a twenty percent return, you make a fifteen percent return. You reckon no one's going to come and take that money? Of course they are. <laughs> you know they might like kick and but- scream. Right, yeah, right, they'll right. pay the lobbyists. You know, it's like yeah. it's going to be the end of the world. It's like, so this is a bit mm. tangential, but kind of related. Mm-hmm. There was a—I don't know if you saw it um, on Twitter. There was a rounds of the Norwegian energy minister mm. uh, recently because we're obviously having a gas shortage, and there's a yes, whole other discussion to be had yes, there. Yes. <laughs> um, but he's making the same point. He's just like, well, actually, we own the gas, 
And we said that foreign companies can come in, but you know what they tax them at? They tax them at yeah. 78%. Seven, eight, not mm-hmm. 7.8, 78%. <laughs> and you know what? They came. Yeah. They yeah. came because there was money to be made. Money as to be as made, much money exactly. as you would make in, in some parts of the world where there's no tax. Obviously not. You know, they, they yeah. would make much more in, in places like Australia, dare I say, where we don't yeah. we don't seem to have the same kind of vision. Um, <laughs> and, and the Norwegians were just genius, right? They said so they mm-hmm. called the bluff. Mm-hmm. Energy companies came in. They took a, they made a squillion dollars for the people of, of Norway. Mm-hmm. And Norway put together a really awesome portfolio that, yeah. that will that will fund that nation for generations well after we have transitioned away from oil and gas. Mm. What vision, what leadership, what, you know, uh, I, yeah. just, I just think w- we, sh- we should be doing the same. Not, not because I'm a communist, <laughs> but because <laughs> I, I think that the, it's, it's we who own this stuff and if we, we, want, we, want it to be, we want it to be attractive enough for others to come in and do the work because yep. otherwise why would they? So we, we make a return. This is, this is how the system works. Absolutely, I want a big fossil fuel company to come in and make some money because if they don't well it just stays underground and we never get it and no one no one's better off right mm-hmm. but if 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 they're going to do it um just do it at a just enough to get you interested <laughs> and we'll keep the rest right like, and that's like if it was in your back your, if it was yeah. in your backyard correct, like if correct, it was, correct. that's what you would do as a, as a household you would. if if Absolutely. you and your lovely wife discovered 100,000 barrels of oil yeah. equivalent in your backyard, yeah. you're not going to say, come in, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you extract as much value from that. Whatever the market price is, knock yourself out I'll, and give me a you're couple of things go through. Yeah, exactly. You are going to say, well, it's mine. So, um, yeah. No, I'm not going to dig it. So I, I, need, I need to make it worth your while, but I'm, I'm extracting the, the majority of this value because it's mine. And, and then it's I go, funny. well, I don't want to do it. Like, well, someone else will, dude. Someone else will. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, imagine, I mean, we talk about it, it's below the ground. Imagine it's above the ground. Imagine Australian property was like, oh, you can have anything you want for $5 a square metre. You yep. mean I can have the CBD of Sydney? Yeah, it's all the same. But yep. someone else might pay me more. I don't care, just take it. Yep. But yep. It's, it, it makes, I, I am- It's, it's, it's insanity. Am absolutely. And I, I, the other thing that drives me nuts, oh, man, massive tangent. Um, they do it as a percentage of the sale price for most royalties, which is blatant stupidity because it means that when the price is low, the government gets less money, but we still sell as much because no one's interested not to sell it. If you can get it out of the ground and sell it, sell it if, you, if, you're, if you're a miner, right, and you can drill at 20 bucks a, a barrel and sell it for 40, you got to keep doing it because, well, at least it's something. At least I'm making some money. There's plenty down there. And if I don't do anything this yeah. year, then someone's going to, the shareholders are going to sell, sell me, I'm, I'm sacked, right? If it goes to $100 a barrel, well, then I'm going to do, I'm going to do the same amount because I'm already getting as much as I can. The government makes more, mm. sure. If you knew you could sell it in a year's time, two years time, three years time, for $100 a barrel, if it was twenty dollars, you're like, I'm not going to sell today. If you owned a house and the housing market mm. crashes, you don't go. Oh, I was going to sell anyway, so I'm going to keep selling even though the price is half. So, no, I'm going to say, mm. oh no, I think I'll mm. wait. I think I'll wait till prices recover. It is absolute madness. It, it would be simply resolved by saying, you know what, the the royalty is forty eight dollars a barrel. If you can't sell at a profitability yep. at that point, cool. Put a plug in the yeah. thing, and then yeah. starts. I know it's not that simple, by the way. And then start selling it again it's when the price is off. Not far well, off. Not far off. Iron ore is even easier, right? Put it put it in a pile. I'm, yep. I'm going to charge you. I'm going to charge you fifty dollars a ton royalty. If you come at money, mm-hmm. that's okay. Because when mm-hmm. the price goes back up, someone will come and get it from me. So knock yourself out. There's just no need for. I own shares in Fortescue for the record, and I would happily have that rule for my the company I own shares in and every other iron ore company. It just it just on a, on a social level, the amount of value created and captured 
by the people who own the assets, right? They're ours, as you mm. say, Ram. It's, uh, it's slightly, slightly nuts. It's, it's, it feels, it feels like whenever I get into these conversations, and my wife can't take me anywhere. The poor thing. <laughs> some she, barbecue. You know, I'm going to rail against. She's paying me to do this podcast <laughs> just so you can uh, get it out and not have to worry on the weekend. <laughs> But I'm always like in the car on the way home. I just sort of like I always feel like, well, you know, why is this a controversial thing? I don't yeah. I don't get it, you know. But yeah. we are we are so conditioned by I don't know what it is yeah. the, the media or whatever. People go oh, but this and that. It's just like no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you there. But but there are there are there are more important things at play. And we just remember when they tried to introduce a resources rent tax and all these other kinds of really great initiatives and. It makes you feel as oh, so you're you're a, you're a, you belong to that side of politics. I'm like, no, but on a policy basis, I agreed <laughs> with right. it, right? Yeah. Like, like, can I can yeah. I not agree with a yeah. policy of a certain economic a political party without being all in on everything that they say That's and crazy, ever do? Man. It's like it's stupid, and and I just I just feel as though we, these aren't these aren't theoretical mm-hmm. things that belong in the in the the halls of economic academia. We've got real world test tubes from around the world where, where countries have done these things and they've worked out really, really well. Not not for some foreign owned gas company, for the people who live there who who now have to pay less tax because there's there's all this other money coming in and who as a nation have much more infrastructure and services and they, we're like they're richer. We're rich I'm I'm for being richer. That's what I stand for. Right? And and I don't know why that's a controversial thing. It's just like if there's wealth to be had, then let's 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 see who owns that wealth ultimately. We yeah. do the people, the people of the country, yeah, and yeah. and and let's let's extract it for our maximum benefit in hard nosed capitalistic fashion because that's that's what I want. No, let's let's protect the environment and let's do some sensible long term planning and all. I, I'm all, I'm very very big on all of that stuff too, but I'm kind of I just don't know why it's so controversial to say that company that is owned by <laughs> overseas people who don't pay any tax and extracting all that just seems. It seems, I don't know why that's a political statement. It seems wrong. <laughs> Rant's I over. Talk myself can, back I, well, from the yeah. ledge. No, you're right, mate. I can't, well, I, think, I can't disagree. It just, it just, it just makes logical sense. There is, there is, I can't even think of a good, I can't even think of a good reason why you wouldn't do it. I really, really can't. Right? Other than the status quo and, and a bit of ideology and politics and whatever else, if you've got a barrel of oil or a ton of iron ore, you can sell one time. Are you going to, as a country, say, well, I've got it now. Once it's sold, it's sold. It's gone. And mm. let's make sure we sell it for the highest possible price because that would be smart. That's really smart. Right? Rather, rather than just saying, oh, it's there. Let's just sell it. Who cares? Sell, sell it now. Why now? Because uh, the, the, the company will sell it. Right. Well, how much do we get for it? Oh, whatever they get for it. Oh, jobs. We're going to create a thousand jobs. You're like, yeah, that's cool. But we could still <laughs> do that. You know, it's just big picture, people. Madness. Big picture. Madness, 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 mate! You've Have we saved left any um, other other problems in the world we haven't solved yet? Oh yeah, we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> I feel we'll a little warmed up now. World peace what on else Sunday, can we mate. Solve? Oh, that's what. Back, I said I've got I've got a couple of lists on my list of things here I really want to talk about, but we're going to have to hold them over, which is fine. Uh, speaking of which, if you've made it this far, thank you, dear listener, for spending some time with us. Uh, a bit of more time, not that. We're only just over an hour, which is not bad for us these days, Ram. Well, um, it's just it's just over an hour, but when we started, it's like, oh, let's talk about these things. I think we got <laughs> through the first two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but here's the thing. Um, I am going away in a couple of weeks' time. I'm not going to be here. We're going to pre-record hopefully three weeks worth of podcast if there's enough content to cover. And that's where you come in because we need to get your questions, comments, feedback, and suggestions. If there is stuff... So here's two things. If you have a question for the podcast, please throw it our way. We always want questions. We love your questions and I need them in advance so we can stack them up. If we don't have enough questions... 
there won't be a podcast and that would be sad for me it'd be sad for andrew you may not notice but if you do it'd be sad for you uh also too though if you have topics you want to spend an episode on you've only got about uh, a few days to get this in uh, because we'll start pre-recording next week um but please let us know if there are broad topics, maybe we've done inflation and, and you know banks and stuff. Yeah, we've definitely done it, but it's, we've, it's, we've probably covered those. Yeah. Uh, but if there's if there's kind of big investing or economic topics you want us to talk about to delve into, now is a really really great time. We normally try and do a bit of stuff that's a bit timely, and then kind of throw in some general stuff as we've done today. We're going to try and do that, but we won't have the top opportunity to do the timely stuff. So evergreen content is great. What can we do? What can we talk about that you would like to hear about? in some of those pre-recorded episodes. The plan, as always, Friday episodes will be those kind of topical uh, conversations. We will do one on Bitcoin, unfortunately, because Andrew's made me promise we will. So there's one uh, looked after. The Sundays will remain mailbag episodes as long as we have enough questions. So if you've got a question that's mailbaggy, throw it to us. If you've got a topic or a suggestion for what we can cover in some of those kind of big picture episodes, we'd love to know that too. As always, info at fool.com.au is how you can get them to us. Um, while you're on the socials, jump onto Twitter. Andrew is at Strawman Invest is the company page or at Sage underscore Simeon. You can grab me on Insta and Twitter at TMF Scott P. The Motley Fool on Twitter and Insta at The Motley Fool AU. Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash Scott Phillips Money. And you can get The Motley Fool at facebook.com slash The Motley Fool Australia. Please uh, throw us some ideas because frankly, we're not that smart and can't come out with that many good ideas. So we're relying on you. Help us out. Help me help you. Help me help Andrew help you and help us all not have to hear more about Bitcoin from Andrew. All right, until then, (laughs) fool on. (laughs) Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.